Hello, it's a new day in the workroom. Welcome along. Today, James and I are going to be covering Drag Race Canada and Dragula. Before we get into any of it, though, we want to shout out to our new subscribers. Welcome along. Thank you for joining us here in the workroom. We've got an Ashling, an Emma, an Orla, a Ryan, and a Shauna. We see you. We thank you. We're very appreciative of supporting us. <laughs> we, in the see you. we see you. We see you. We see your names on the list, and we are. <laughs> and we think thank you so much. We do. Um, and you know. If if you if you're feeling like as if you want to see us too, you can also join us on the 25th of November for our Drag Race UK finale, which will be live and in person in the Head Stuff Podcast Studios beside Pierce Street Station. You can find more info about that in our bio, and we might even have uh, details of a live stream for for our lovely. Uh, premium subscribers as soon as we figure out if it's technologically possible impossible <laughs> exactly <laughs> and thank you to the people who've been around for longer than the last while um, no one just wants to hear me read a list of names but we have seen you for several we'll times. do that as a, that'll be our bonus content yeah. next week it'll just be keen reading baby names <laughs> I have to say I know like those YouTubers do that like read all the subscribers but I'm like who wants to hear this well that, if we were a video we could do like Bussy Queen and we could have like a um we could have like a, a list to just fly up along the side. Mm. And I've seen, started listening to uh, Celebrity Memoir Book Club podcast. And at the start of each episode for a while, they read out every single review they've gotten the last week. And part of me is sick that they get so many reviews on a weekly basis. But the other part of me is like, I don't want to hear all of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we I will read out any reviews that we get. I will read them out. So go, if you're listening to this, go to Sit Up Pod, give us a review. And I will force Keen to listen to me read every single one of them out. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing I like, it's praise. Yeah, and if you enjoy my discomfort of hearing all of this, then leave a review. <laughs> right, let's get into to Canada, uh, episode two of the franchise. What's your sort of headline feedback after the episode? Um, uh, Yeah, so conflicted, because I think that it was there... When we get into the... First of all, I didn't understand... Okay, first thing, I really, really hated the product placement. The product placement in Canada is obnoxious. Like, it is obnoxious like having Tracy Melcher and Brad Gretzky be like oh we've got some time let's order something on DoorDash I'm like no no available on iTunes fair enough that is just too much um mini challenge I sort of enjoyed the the rusical I liked how they were very much like it's about bringing the character we don't mind if you mess up as long as you bring the character and do well but I felt like as if there was a massive gulf there was nobody who just did okay you either did really well or you did terribly i think that was my my read on the whole thing yeah i wrote that as well I was, you were either brilliant or you were terrible i have like you know bing bang bong was just ring rang wrong leather and lace were a disgrace like you know eve six thousand you know eve six out of ten you know it was just and then but then the other side like cynthia kiss was fantastic gender was fantastic Gia was great even though i didn't really get the character so yeah, it was so strange that it was such a void. Because I was like, it, it came out with Cynthia and then Gender. And I was like, God, this could be the best musical yet. And then out came Bing Bang Bog. And I was like, oh, it all started so well. This is so bad. I know. But I, I also felt like it, it, and they said, they acknowledged it on the runway where they were like, look, guys, you guys had the hardest time because you were trying to work in a group. And it did all feel very confused. And then I kind of thought, well, if you think of Leather and Lace and Bing Bang Bong, they were kind of all trying to work together in a group and they had only had if I remember from the beginning they were like later today you'll perform this live so it was like they literally were doing it in the space of like a day or two days and that choreography like 
Holly, what was it? Hollywood, Hollywood Jackson? Is that the name of that? Hollywood Jade, but I re- ne- re- nicknamed him Hollywood Shade based on his approach of the choreography in this episode. Yes, it, he and was this so harsh. He was so harsh. And this is one of the things that, that Canada got called out on last season was kind of like sort of using these little segments on the judging panel as a way to like throw shade and be funny rather than try and be constructive. So I think that he should have seen that those three people were struggling and said, right, let's try and bring this to a level where you guys can. I also, to be honest as well, like I I felt as if they, they, they had this like under the big top and they like they wanted that like, you know, innuendo in there. And then they decided, well, some people called drag queens clowns, but that's not really what all drag queens call themselves. Like that's what certain types of drag queens call themselves. And actually a lot of drag queens would be offended if they were called clowns. So like... I was sort of like there. It was sort of like with the the drag Lexa last week on UK. It's like they had one good joke and they decided to push it too far. And in this one, it worked a bit better than drag Lexa, but it also was like it, it got distracting. And the fact that like the the comedy queens had to dress up like sort of you know children's sort of entertainers. I was like, well, that's not like like we're talking about comedy queens. They had Bianca very solid, like solidly referenced. You're talking about if you're talking about like the comedy sort of like you know. <laughs> Queens, like, first of all, I can't really think of any of them, but I guess you're talking about your Ben de la Cremes, your Jinx Monsoons. It's like, fair enough, their looks weren't the strongest, but they certainly weren't wearing the sort of, like, you, you know, those, like, super cheap polyester wigs. So I was a bit of me was just, like, I, I didn't like the styling. I didn't like the instruction that they were given. And I felt like as if, if these are comedy queens, like, where was the, like, because, like, drag comedy to me is always very kind of like it is a bit more intellectual it's not intellectual what am i trying to say like i don't know <laughs> i'm just waiting to it's, talk over here sorry i will let you in in a second it is like basically drag queens are like they're insightful and they're funny and they're subversive and that version of the comedy queen we saw was like just like i don't know what it was Anyway. Yeah, well, I thought the way they set it up was more like this is an ode to the drag queens of the past or of the last few years and cabaret performers, you know, and they weren't always respected and they were looked at as clowns and maybe it was owning that, I guess, was kind of where they were going with it. But then also, they like, didn't uh, Geom- Geometric play Himbo, which I guess was a play on Jimbo from last season, but then their character didn't really look what Jimbo was. So that well, was no, confusing. so I, what I... What I got with that is because, like, it's all the tradie drag queens now setting up their OnlyFans and that, like, they're actually making a career for themselves, like, mostly as, like, a like as a sex worker, kind of, like, selling the content on OnlyFans. But they also are drag performers. So, like, you know, you've got your milk. So that's who Himbo words. was? That's what Himbo was to me, was the kind of, like, mm-hmm. the, like, tradie drag queen who is sort of, you know... Because, like, that's what the whole, that bit in that song was all about, was, like, subscribe now, four ninety nine if you subscribe right now. Like, it was kind of, you know, the... But then the, the aesthetic was, like, 80s biker chic. Well, so my my take on it was that a lot of the drag, a lot of drag queens, their main, in- like, a lot of a lot of the drag queens, even from Drag Race, their main form of income comes through OnlyFans and, like, the fact that people find them attractive. And so, like... You know, and I guess that's a new revenue stream for drag queens because predominantly people were kind of like, we're like, oh, drag queen, gross. I'm not going to find you attractive. But yeah, I, like, there was a lot of confusing ideas in there. But I think that mm. like Himbo was hilarious. Um, Pythia was like, as the spooky queen was. Bit fantastic. Like, like, unbelievable. Out of this world. Mm. Um, yeah. And then and Geometric and uh, Kylie Gender were 
were both fantastic as well. Like there was real solid single solo performances, but it got let mm. down then by the by the group aspect. But before we get onto before we yeah. well, we've already quite like dissected that that mini challenge. I did not understand what was going on. Like no. they were all foodstuffs, but also from their local town, and then some of them were traffic cones. Like what? I'm gonna guess like what they had was like they were told basically they thought it was maybe a hometown runway because you know you had like Ocean who brought in like poutine from Montreal and obviously Montreal is known for those construction works or something like that I don't know maybe you know if you're doing Dublin you could do the seven year Lewis upgrade or something like that I don't know but two of them went for those construction cones so that I think they basically thought it was going to be a runway for the hometown but it actually ended up being this shitty door dash mini challenge as well I would be so furious because I'm imagining a lot of them spent a lot of money on those because some of them like were very good and some of them had, were, were cheap um, that poutine look was really good Oceana um, was great in this but I'm, I'm not sure that I'm warming particularly to any of the characters at the moment I'm trying to think like who are the people that like Pythia in this episode I'm not loving Isis I'm finding Isis a bit no. off-putting there's something about them that I'm just not enjoying uh, Suki Doll I'm in love with uh, and and Stephanie Prince like absolutely there I think by far my like my favourites um Eve 6000 needs to go home. Yeah, I agree. I thought there was a really strong talking head segment throughout the singing rehearsals where there was just a lot of shade and it was like, was it Kendall Jenner who was like, I've got my GPS out and I'm trying to find that note. Like I just thought <laughs> there was just, it was that was like a really great batch of just sort of shady, fun, comedy talking head. And I think at that point I was like, okay, this I'm actually, I'm really liking this cast. But there's st- it still just feels slightly different to me. I don't know what it is, but I I, have, I was enjoying it. Yes, I. Th- this is another thing that this just occurred to me uh, was if you're going to like they did they, there was a couple of references to UK series two throughout this um throughout mm. this episode. Like there was a reference to the gall the gumption from Tace and obviously Bing Bang Bong. And I thought if you were going to give us bing bang bong and you're not going to give us the like benty over slapping thighs sort of like piece of choreography like what are you doing mm. yeah no it was a missed opportunity and also in this episode i've decided you know tracy i'm going to turn over a new page and we're going to start from zero because I think the main reason I, I was taking against her was because she was forced to do that stupid squirrel friend action. And I was like, do you know what? That was probably just me turning against her because of the stupid thing that a white man made her do. So we're back <laughs> we're back to square one. And I quite enjoyed her in this episode. Yes, except for the DoorDash thing. I also did enjoy Again, her. probably um, a white man made her do it. So we can... <laughs> That's it. A straight white man made her do it. Gross. <laughs> that would be an Edinburgh one person show. I think a white man made me do it. I think. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm. I'm also. Um, I, I'm also on her on her side this year. This this year, and I like. I suppose the 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 panel feels a bit more solid. Mm. And I think probably that is because you've got Brooklyn in the like the Supreme Deluxe, um, Fred Van Deer, 
role as like the person walking down the runway and then them sitting in that way so like having the guest judge more off to decide i think that probably makes it feel a bit more like okay this is what i'm expecting but i do mm-hmm. i'm gonna say it every episode i did like that format of having the different person walk the runway every week i thought it was a it was a good take on how they, they did it and i'm just obsessed with brad Gorecki and oh yeah and everything he like that shirt he wore at the start oh it was fantastic and i'm just obsessed with him he is absolutely the standard for me and brooke has been looking fantastic as well each episode absolutely jeepers it. jeepers creepers uh, you were saying about Hollywood Jade? I don't think they really particularly added much to the to the uh, to the show, other than mm. um, other than um, an amazing look on the runway. I did love that kind of like bodice thing that they put. Mm-hmm. What about the the finger and thumb clap? There was there was a lot of oh that I did love as well. <laughs> I did love that. Actually, the, in, the judges' reaction to the musical really brought me on the journey I was going on as well Mm. because at the very beginning they were like oh my god you could see that they were like this is spectacular and then there was like this absolute like nosedive and suddenly it was all like sort of like oh Jesus what's happening reactions and then we got it back up with Pythia and and um, and and Himbo and I can't remember Himbo was geometric Mm. yeah yeah Mm. so we got the two of them together so it was it like brought me on the same roller coaster I was on yeah, no, definitely. And I thought there was some very funny, like, I don't like, is it a grimace? Like, when you turn your, you push your yeah. bottom lip out at, like, sort of right angles or whatever, the grimace from Brooke at looking at Isis's dancing. Yes. I actually, though, I just realised, I have, I, I do not remember the name of the drag queen who was portraying Bianca Del Rio. Oh, um, Kimora Amor. Kimora Amor, that's it. They did fantastic as well. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was. I thought it was funny. I loved the line about oh, I've played some pretty crappy gigs up in Canada, but appearing in a in a, a drag baby's acid nightmare is like probably the worst yet. Like I thought that was yeah. really funny and and really well, like like really well done. Um, hmm. The runway at category I thought was actually really really good because we got so many different interpretations of it. It wasn't like you know Night of a Thousand Madonnas where we had fourteen kimonos. It was like each one took a different circus act and made a look out of it. And I wondered if the producers have a hand in that or whether they it was a coincidence. But anyway, I thought it turned out great. Who did you think looked the best? I loved. So, okay, so th- there is a different category of excellence for what Pythia did on the, 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 the runway. Like, that was, like, American Horror Story freak show perfection. I really enjoyed uh, Ocean's look as well. I thought it just sort of, like, the, there was something sort of, there was something dark and sort of frightening about it. The makeup was sort of cool with it as well. It kind of had like a, a like a voodoo-y sort of feel going on with it. So it was like very much again. Yeah, like that's that. I thought it was very, yeah, like New Orleans kind of that yes. voodoo-y sort of like, I don't know if Caribou's right word, but yeah, that sort of area, I thought it had that sort of feel to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they would they would have been the two that stood out to me the most. Um, I did like Suki Doll's sort of like weird, huge boots kind of bit like that looked really good um none of them i i i did i did enjoy eve 6000's look i thought it was great but there's something in her face that just isn't selling anything like she looks really like embarrassed to be doing all this stuff like even in the revelia bit she was so like kind of like she was just sort of like shy and retiring and kind of like she wasn't really like she she looked almost like she was like oh I don't want to be made a fool of so I'm going to like sort of you know I'm going to half ass this and then I felt that it was the same on the the runway 
there's definitely a deer in the headlights element to her performance. I didn't necessarily get it in the runway, but I definitely got it in the in the performance. But I thought it was good to actually see her in, in like a really polished look because I suppose we saw her in a, something she made herself, which wasn't great last week. And then the reveal costume was awful, really, yeah. that she had to do the performance in. And the reveal wasn't even worth revealing to. It just looked like a leotard. So it was good to actually see her in this like expensive lion and she had a character of Lucille Ball in it and stuff. So I, I was glad that at least she got, because I thought she was going to go home. So I, I was like, oh, at least we got to see one good look from her, but we might get to see more. I really loved Stephanie Prince's sort of bearded burlesque performer with the with the boots. Oh, that was brilliant stuff. as well, yes. I thought that was great. And I really liked Kendall Gender's sort of lilac show, pony show girl look too. So compared to week one, which I mean, you'd expect would be better because they got to bring them with them. But I definitely did think the the quality was a bit higher than what I had been expecting following episode one. Yeah, absolutely and you're right but like even though if taking in like the entrance looks into account from week one like there was like some of them weren't the strongest so i and then when the, the like a lot of their their looks on the runway last week were a bit sketchy but yeah i was i was excited by by what i saw this week it's made me kind of think that these girls have brought some really good like if you think about the looks from season one and there was like sort of a there was a particular level in in season one of Canada, and this has definitely surpassed that. Um, and there's some very interesting. I didn't love Isis's makeup. I didn't like. I I could see that it was obviously like it was like an homage to the applause video from from Gaga almost or whatever it was. I I didn't like. I don't know. There's just something about that about her as a queen that I'm not warming to. I always think her makeup is very Alyssa Edwards. Um. I think the way she paints, especially like I just think of Alyssa Edwards doing the Black Swan and that musical. I just think that's kind of how yes. she paints. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, episode, the end of the episode pissed me off, and I guess I'm just I just feel for like watching UK and being repeatedly disappointed with who's safe and who goes home. Like losing Charity Case this week, I'm like, arguably, I thought Ocean had was the funniest of Big Bang Bong. I thought you could have put another three people in the bottom. I definitely thought Eve should have been lip syncing. I did not feel that Ocean did the worst in the lip sync. I thought Isis did the worst in lip sync. And then I'm just pissed off now that it's like, okay, someone who we know nothing about, just because they won a challenge last week, you're going to keep them. And they keep talking about, oh, it's great TV when you send home someone you love. But it's also good TV if you send home the person who won last week because it makes the competition feel better, especially when they deserve to have gone home. So it just kind of pissed I me off. I would agree. And, like, and I... If if Theresa May goes home next week in the UK, I just I flip a table. <laughs> yeah, no, I I no, I, I do agree as well, and I think as well that you know, and actually it was a conversation that came up during this episode was some like they talked a lot about sort of you know kind of people people settling in the settling in Canada coming from kind of like places where homosexuality is is you know more of an issue and then kind of facing the racism and then there was I think it was it Stephanie Prince was talking about sort of like facing sort of marginalization because of because of, of being overweight as a child and like I I think that sort of Ocean Black falls now into that mold of big girls who don't get given a chance on Drag Race and gets like pushed out kind of early on because they aren't in the lip syncs aren't able to do the kind of like jump splits and you know the wild sort of like contortionist business that that like like first of all I felt that the lip sync was very unfair in the time the way it divided the time I felt like as if I was seeing Isis much more and you were kind of like seeing Isis doing kind of bits whereas sort of you were mainly just seeing OCN kind of like wiggle a bit and I'm sure that that's not a fair representation of, of what Ocean was doing 
Um, and it did feel like it was just being pushed to kind of make you feel, oh, well, this is the right decision to send this person home. But actually, Oceana is the biggest personality in that room. And getting rid of her now before we've had a chance to see her, like, she might not be able to control it and she might have been terrible at an acting challenge. We don't know, but we'll never get to know now. And I do think that, you know, sending back one, like, I know, like, you, you, you want drag to be blind and for it always to be kind of just, like, the best performer, but obviously that's not how they're doing it. So to send back one of maybe you know, one one of two one of a, a minority of queens of colour sending home a second big queen in a row, sending home someone who had an interesting storyline about sort of like like doing drag as someone who's not able to properly do makeup. Like all of that stuff is like just stories that aren't told and falling into the same moulds uh, that you see that you see drag race falling into. I was pretty disappointed with it. Especially because as you said, like Isis was objectively the worst. <laughs> She was, and it's like, you know, I understand having one from Leather and Lace and one from Bing Bang Bong. Um, and I think whatever, if we're letting Eve away for it, for whatever reason, because the runway look, I think they said, you know, that you should probably put Suki in there. And I would have thought Suki probably could have beat Isis. So I just think it was set up that they were like, okay, it's okay to lose OCN. And that's the sort of attitude, I think, that, that kind of pisses me off. Because I spent the whole episode like a concerned mother worrying about Ocean's knee. I was like, well, Ocean will be able to do this now. Look at the cario. She's rolling around the ground. Okay, fine. She got to the cario. Oh, now she's going to have to lip sync. And then she had such energy and fervor in the lip sync. I was like, fair play to you with, on that knee. And for what? Like, for what? It was just, it was like, it felt like it was a foregone conclusion. And I that that's kind of what annoyed me even more. Yeah, I, I got that feeling too. I didn't, I didn't like it. I felt, and like, it felt... It felt unfair, and I mean, you know, you, I I have a bee in my bonnet about body issues on Drag Race, and it just is to see them sent home the second big girl in in a row to set it up so that that person, like, I feel like last week's was also set up in this way, where it was like we're going to put Beth up against Gia, who probably didn't deserve to be in the bottom quite so much as some other people, and it was going to be like we're going to save the stunt performer, and it's like. You know, there are plenty of big girls who can do splits and kicks and all the rest of it, but a lot of them probably find them more challenging. Than, so just if you're going to reward a skill set that typically bigger queens won't necessarily have to the extent that it's always going to make it a winning game for a bigger girl in a lip sync, like that's just not fair. And it says to bigger contestants, you are coming in here with a handicap. You don't deserve to be in this competition as much as people who can do this other stuff. So it, it annoys me. Mm. Go read my article yeah. in GCN. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose, and I suppose you should probably stop talking about it at this point, but I just, it's like they've done it before and like they have saved Queens purely for the personality and the drama. Candy Muse, season 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but it's like, so, but that's actually a Queen for the character that the audience actually really warm to. So it's just like, come on, like obviously Canada's in the second season, but overall, can you please just stop sending the queens we <laughs> queens with a great personality? Yes, overboring queens. <laughs> At the end of the day, I know it's supposed to be drag, but it's also a TV show, and we want to be able to root for somebody. And if you get rid of all the people we like, then it's just like you just have a well, bland fat fine on the on, on in. And I know we'll we'll go and talk about Dragula in a minute, but in the in in terms of some um, drag race tea from Race Chaser, the podcast, uh, they had. Um, Kelly Mantle on in the first episode and they were talking about season six and she spoke about the fact that when you arrive on set 
the production teams go through all your looks and look at all your looks. And she says that she's fairly confident that she was gotten rid of because they went through her looks and were like, these aren't strong enough, so we're getting rid of them. So there probably was a bit of, you know, as mo- like how much can she bring to the runway? Her makeup is never going to be tidy and it's never going to be kind of like snatched or good. And she's unlikely to improve because she's impaired. And then also maybe if her looks weren't up to it, they were like, right, well, you've come to kind of the end of your... Um, but I feel like we didn't... I feel like... We didn't get it. I feel like production didn't give us a chance to get to know Ocean so much as Ocean's personality mm. was so big that it came through wherever wherever there was space for yeah. it. Um, and I was just like, that's someone that we were all warming to. Yeah, no, I'm going to be devil's advocate. Maybe it's, uh, okay, well, we know Beth and Ocean go first. Let's make them the nicest in the first two episodes so that, you know, they have a fair chance and we'll get to Isis in a few weeks by the time she's kind of in threat of going home and we'll like her then. And look, that's probably fair as well. It's probably fair on the queens, but it does leave you as a viewer with a sour taste if you're like, why are all the people I like going home to people who I don't really like that much yet? Yeah. So it's, I guess it's a, it's a tough balance. Let's move on to a production team that I think are doing things slightly better. Uh, Dragula had its first episode back for season four, uh, hosted uh, primarily, well, no, exclusively on Shudder, which I got to download. And obviously I love Dragula. I wanted to watch Scream, right, over the weekend. It's coming up to Halloween. I was like, Shudder, surely you should have it. It's a streaming site based on horror movies. No. And I looked at some other classic movies. It wasn't on it. So all the movies on it are movies I've never heard of. It's B-movies. Like, that's the whole thing. But I thought it's also horror. But it's like, but it's like horror B movies off the beat. Like it's not like it. It doesn't have any of the like. You're not going to find any of the. But first of all, because Netflix will have to. But like it's, it's not going to have the. No, the ones Netflix didn't of. have Scream either. But yeah, but I was like, but it should have them as well. Like that's your like. Why why would I stay for Shudder? Tell me that. Um, because you're a super fan of horror and <laughs> you enjoy. Look, I hate it. I hate having it on my computer because it feels like my computer's haunted. So I, <laughs> I, I get you. I hear you. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not going to go watch the last, the last <laughs> tower because I haven't heard anything about it. But obviously, people, people do. But Some people go. do. Anyway, Some people do. Dragon is great. People are into all sorts. Dragon is worth. Dragon the is fantastic. Five euro a month. It is. Yeah. It is absolutely worth the five euro a month. It is spectacular. Um. Yeah. Th- this was a, a very, very solid opening. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in mm-hmm. just and say this is my one negative critique of the episode. Okay, let's start with a negative. I don't enjoy gimmicky shenanigans. So the bit where they after they after all the queens had assembled, Dragon of Season Four cast assemble, and they were sent to do the ghost house walk. I was like, don't care about this. Literally couldn't care less about this. This is not interesting or entertaining viewing. Get to the challenge. That was my. That was my uh, that was my yeah, vibe on it. I kind of agree. I would have happily done it. I think it would have been fun. <clears throat> it was hard. It was really hard to I guess convey. Yeah, what it was like for them. The only good bit was the car, the car that revved and moved really close to them, and then poor, poor. Well, first of all, it's, it's incredibly shady cast. Like I don't. I remember it's been a bit in the past, but this is like more sort of like season three meanness. Like poor uh, Astrid, uh, you know, having a sort of flashback to when she almost died in a car crash and then Laz Abarleta is like come on bitch don't be a pussy it's like okay hello where's the empathy here yeah I I would agree like it was a very um yeah the 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 cast are extremely sort of um 
extremely shady. Like, there was shade between the... Oh, God, the names are... It's going to take me a while to get the names, so I'm going to get them up on the screen in front of me. But uh, Sigourney Beaver and... Mm-hmm. Let's have a letter. Uh, Lava, no, 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 Mary Cherry. They were oh. instantly, like, butting heads. The minute that, like... Because, uh, remember, so we, we get our walk in. They're all, like, coming through this, like, haunted asylum place. And there's people wearing mm. masks or whatever running around. And they're getting little frights. And they come into this, like, little dive bar-looking thing. And then instantly, as soon as Sigourney Beaver walks in, she said something that seemed to have turned Mary Cherry off. And now the two of them sort of, like, hate each other. I thought it was, let's have a letter. Like, uh, Sigourney Beaver had some catchphrase, which was, like, for now or brand new or something that Les Everletta was like, why do you keep saying that? (laughs) (laughs) But it was just like, there was like a a last upper view of them all sitting around a table just arguing with each other. I was like, okay, come on, let's get to the drag. This is is if you'd had the camera inside the little paddocks of RuPaul's family. This is what they would have been speaking to each other like. (laughs) And Coco Kane was over in one corner being like, I'm not wasting my time and energy with these people. Like just rolling their <laughs> eyes repeatedly. Um, I did. So, so formaldehyde sort of emerges, you know, straight up as the as the Serena Chacha, I guess, of the seasons. You know, being picked on and people underestimating them. And she's like, no, no, I know. You know, she defends herself. But I guess we're showed that because ultimately they they do fall short on the floor show. Um, but I don't know, do you want to jump there? Do you want to talk about first impressions? Like what, 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 we can go wherever we want. What you want to talk about? Okay. So I think that in terms of the contestants, I think that we, we talked about her last week, but Jade Jolie is giving very not Jade Jolie. I would say Jade Jolie is giving trade of the season is also very much kind of, kind of like, um, you know, sort of, um, like oh fuck you and fuck this and oh this and like very like using an awful lot of coarse language and obviously is trying to rough up their image but also wants everyone to know how thankful and grateful they are to be there so like kind of any like you were not getting a single shady talking head from Jay Jolie like Jay Jolie is like mm, I've played this game before and I fucking lost you bitches aren't getting yeah. it a second time <laughs> but exactly, I, yeah. I actually feel like I'm interested particularly interesting that they for the, the the challenge this week was to re like the overall floor show was to reimagine an iconic um horror character and Jay Jolie went with Sarah Sanderson from Hocus Pocus and I actually think that is kind of the perfect choice for Jay Jolie because it sort of leans into that Disney kind of unicorns and rainbows kind of persona that they had before and then brings the Dragula element into it and like, didn't shy away from eating a mouthful of maggots. No. And it did sort of remind me of, I think, when we had Flo and Joan on talking about All-Stars 5. And they were like, oh, yeah, Blair St. Clair came back to be like, I'm a bad girl now. That's kind of the energy we're getting with <laughs> Jay Jolie. <laughs> yeah. I think it was, it was funny as well. And I think this might have been the cause of the argument between Murray Cherry and Sigourney Beaver was... Someone came out and was like, oh, at least we don't have to come out and say some stupid catchphrase and make it out of all of our merch. Like, it was obviously a dig at Drag Race. And then it was yeah. kind of funny that with Jade Jolie, she was like, oh my God, are you all my season four sisters? And I was like, oh yeah, that's a bit Drag Race energy now. That didn't go down well. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but I do think that what, like, Jade Jolie's aesthetic has just, has jumped like light years away from her was I mean I think that you would be aware of that from seeing her with the Taylor Swift video and the different things she's mm. been doing since but just look I think it's very exciting to have this Drag Race cross- crossover because it'll be interesting to see once I'd say she settles in and once she starts kind of maybe being able to be a bit more herself I would be excited to see a bit more of that like 
shady JD kind of coming back out again. Because yeah. like yeah, I, exactly. I think that Jay Jolie is one of the, like the, the 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 underrated villains of the Drag Race franchise, and like, in a in like a great way because she's all like sweetness and light and that that giggle and all sparkles, but then also was like a thundering cunt. Mm. And you you don't really see it until until you watch on Ducks how how bad she was, you know, and you're like, oh yeah. god. Other, like, other than that, in terms of the cast, like, I could sort of see Formaldehyde wasn't going to last from, like, the moment that they came in. There was such a sense of, like, there was such a sense of, like, of kind of, like, overwhelmedness, mm-hmm. like, in them. And I think that there is probably a person out there who will be able to do masked drag and make masked drag like bring it to a, the level it needs to be at in order to compete uh, again because like when you do mass drag you're losing all sense of like being able to give emotion so like that really is kind of what you're what but you're, you're, the thing is she did the mask fantastically it was just everything else was let down like she was i thought she was great from the neck up it was just too small and even like the the sort of nurse's uniform she had and it had like several syringes in it i was like that needs to be basically made from I... a syringe I basically that like outfit kind of looked like you know kind of you know when you see the girls dresses for going back to school in Duns mm. like grey pinafores like it looked like that and I don't think the mask was that good because I think that like maybe for us with like super HD cameras on it right up at it but like they showed the view the judges were getting a couple of times and you could barely see the like red like the oh, but red the judges said it spirals. worked from where they were standing and it worked from far away like I do remember they were like oh there was the that woman who was on the jury the like the the one was on the the mm. jury the the like um whatchamacallit the like the the horror experts yeah, whatever the, she said that she judge, didn't initially yeah. get the reference and i was wondering it's like as like at the very back of the stage maybe you wouldn't necessarily make the connection because i think that if you're going to do a saw thing like you need to have the hue the cheeks really 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 amplified and that red needs to be sort of like very kind of like present and i felt like it was a little bit like it was a little quieter there, to me there was something kind of missing with the the presentation of it as well because i don't like i've never seen any of the saw movies i'm not going to pretend to the sort of films that i would i would enjoy watching but i do know that that is kind of like the story of it is about kind of people getting mangled and maimed and you know mm. ripped to shreds and i don't think that there is a like has there been like a uh, injection based part of it that's iconic i do like, remember I that- watching at a, a, one of the movies um and that you could fall into a pit of syringes okay so maybe that was the reference point to it but i think that like mm. with you're going to do that saw you probably like we've seen people on this show before like have chainsaws out on stage and have like we've even seen people on drag race have chainsaws out on stage like mm. i kind of think if you're doing saw have a saw <laughs> basic 101 <laughs> Why not bring out a jigsaw? <laughs> Put the pieces together and on the I stage. didn't like what I saw. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know. I think, I, and I was, I found myself really rooting for them again. I think it's just the underdog, and I was like, mm, but, and even I was like, unlike Ocean Aqua Black, I was like, I was rooting for you, but really, this wasn't good enough. You did deserve to be in the extermination for this. Uh, somebody who won, Astrid Aurelia. I actually thought I, I didn't love this. I thought the the <clears throat> costume was great, but I thought the face was lacking. I I was kind of hoping for some like prosthetics or something to give that sort of like really big jaw effect that the alien has and stuff. Um, but with Dracula, because I've already watched a few seasons, I'm I'm I definitely do feel I need I need to listen. 
I like my I, my opinion isn't as seasoned as it is with Drag Race. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Or sometimes I'm more indignant when it comes to Drag Race. Uh, well, <laughs> I what I would say is that I Chelsea Boy did it better. Like I preferred Chelsea Boy's interpretation on the first season of Drag Race Holland with the like xenomorph alien thing. I thought it looked better, and so I was looking at it with that in mind. Because I because on the runway they were like, oh, we've never it, this has never been done before. We've never seen it before, and I was like, well, actually, you know what? It has been, and it was done better. On Drag Race Holland by Chelsea Boy. Uh, I thought that the outfit was amazing. You, you like, And I actually did like the weird kind of like bowl cut kind of like hair and stuff with it. But it, it was it was excellently executed and, and really well done. But yeah, there was something in it that I was kind of like, hey, you know, I preferred what Chelsea Boy had done. Was my, my overall vibe, was my overall decision on it. Yeah, and the judges kind of commented on how Astrid moved was really interesting. And I think that you might lose that in how the four shows edited together because it's all really slow motion. So I thought maybe that'd yes. be a way. Yeah. Um, on, in terms of like a, an outfit that moved and that like really impressed me, Coco Kane's Morticia Adams. I loved every single thing about this. I thought, uh, now that's a lie. I didn't love the blood. I didn't see why it was necessary. But I like, I just, it was just such a brilliant kind of interpretation of that character bringing in Coco's like like bringing in Coco's kind of like history and past and like their person their persona I, I was just like that was the one I would have liked to see win because I just thought it was such a brilliant merging of the drag character and the drag performer of the drag performer and the the character that they were trying to embody yeah I was kind of I was a bit um confused by this because Although I thought the character in the presentation was great. Again, I was like, oh, blood from Morticia Adams. I was like, I don't see Morticia. But I got it as soon as it was explained to me. So again, I was kind of, maybe I was in drag race mode, which was like Michelle Visage being like, well, I didn't read Morticia to me. I want to see a white face. So I was interested to know which way the judges were going to go with it. But it certainly was. In terms of like big black matriarch, it definitely really delivered. So I was just based on like how close was it to the source material, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, she probably couldn't have done white face because I don't know, you know, political, all this sort of stuff. But um, I'm glad she was high. And I, I love the fact that she took the the hair and put it into like the, the sort of dreadlocks or plaits or whatever way you, you describe that as braids. That's the one. I, I, like I thought that that was a really great way to interpret kind of the Morticia look with the, the super long hair. I, I just thought that she was, and actually as one of, as one of the, Coco as one of the talking heads is kind of becoming one of my favorites to see pop on the screen. And another one who's a favorite of mine to see pop on the screen is Hoso. I mean, like full of joy, just really just wants to be there. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> yeah. And, and like incredibly diverse as well. Like this. This, uh, the other mother from Coralina look, I thought was fantastic. And it was like, I don't really visceral. And you, you forgot sort of what Hoso looked like underneath it. It was just, it really sort of consumed her. You might remember, of course, that during season 12, we had an argument about Coraline um, where I was talking was about Jan, right? uh, how Jan was giving us Coraline. Yeah. And, and you were like, mm, I've never heard of this. Who would have heard of Coraline? And now here we are the main stage of Drag of the Season 4. No, I mean, I, 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 I didn't recognize it. Uh, I just took down the reference <laughs> from the... <laughs> For watching the episode, um, <laughs> one of my favorites though was Sigourney Beaver with her, with her bride of Frankenstein turned into like a burlesque dancer. I just loved the coat, the way she posed with it. Like I just think she really, really sold it. And out of any of these, if I was to go to like a one-person show, so far it'll be a Sigourney Beaver ticket in my pocket. I completely agree with that. I loved the. 
Like, cause the like it, the way she transformed her performance style based on like the pre reveal and post reveal. Like in the beginning, like it was quite robotic and very angular in the same way that, that the coat was, and then like she flipped it off and had these amazing titties and all the rest of it. Like she she had these amazing titties. She has amazing titties. There is yeah. there is no no two ways about that. But yeah, I um I I really enjoyed that. I thought it was brilliant. And again, it kind of was like taking a character because I think like say Bitter Betty who did Elvira probably started in the same place as Sigourney of taking a very recognizable character and like kind of like getting the look right but then didn't take it to that next step where you bring something mm. different or interesting to it or inject some of your own self into it. And that's probably I think why the why they ended up in the in the bottom. Although I am loving Sigourney, or I am loving um, Bitter Betty as well. Like I think again, it's mm-hmm. sort of one of my favorites in the cast. Yeah, definitely. And I definitely read um, Elvira. Obviously, too much so for some of the judges. But I think uh, Drax was like, I don't think you should be here. <laughs> so yeah. obviously, it was a conflicting <laughs> then amongst the judging panel. I really loved Saints Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Look, I just thought there was something really visceral and really spooky and really, like, I could really see it in a a horror movie of, like, a black person wearing a white face. I thought that was really, really spooky and and a great place to take it. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, Leatherface famous for a couple of things and including, I am right that Saint did have a chainsaw. Did Saint have a chainsaw? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go, Mr. Saw. Get get a borrow a Saints chainsaw, um. But yes, no. I I I would be the same as you. I thought it was a really like I had had such high expectations for Saint because of watching the Resurrection and seeing the way that she had put together those like performances, um, throughout that episode. And like I do think that this maybe didn't live up to the level that we saw in Resurrection. But again, like time frame, all the rest of it sort of putting stuff together. But it was it was it was really good. It definitely was for me. It was like definitely I understood why it was safe. One that I didn't understand why it was safe, though, was yeah. Marshmallow Man. Like, Mary Cherry deserved to be in that bottom. I think Mary Cherry deserved to be in the bottom, too. That was absolutely awful. Oh, I didn't. I liked the staple of Marshmallow Man. I thought, like, sure, it was. But it, then it was, like, Lee Bowery'd up. And then there was also that long cigarette. Like, I thought it gave it an essence of sort of glamour and campness to this, like, <laughs> kind of spooky monster. I, I thought, like, that read to me as mm, safe. I didn't like the material it was made out of. I thought it looked cheap. It looked like you would just buy it on, like, Amazon as a, co- as a costume. It didn't feel kind of, like, elevated in the way a lot of other ones. It didn't really tell. I didn't think it, it told a compelling sort of story. Like, I mean, if you were going to, like, take the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and inject it with, like, a kind of a commentary on, like, consumption and have it be sort of, you know, like, just instead of just being marshmallow, it's, like, just confectionery and all this kind of stuff. Like, you might do that or, like, even, like, an interesting one of, like, taking... Anyway, basically, I just thought it was it was a very simple idea. And I think that if you're going to read um, Elvira for looking to Elvira, then... Like, not only did Mary Cherry look very similar to the, the staple from Shemala Man, but actually didn't look like it in an elevated way at all. And we just had a conversation in the last thing where I'm all like, let big girls do well on drag race and in drag competitions. And then you're tearing the Exactly. Dead. And here I am right now to say, no, that, that big bitch deserved to be in the bottom two. <laughs> well, I suppose I should say, after watching it, I was like, God, the only one I think could be in the bottom is formaldehyde to be honest like that was the only one i did thought that really read as bottom the rest were all really good so i do think um although it didn't read as 
it probably read to safe as me. Maybe it was one of the least of the good. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe it just between the bottom. But then saying that Les Avalette had read to me as top in the floor show, but it wasn't until you find out the context of the pump and stuff that wasn't really working that you're like, okay, that makes sense. I felt sort of sorry in a way because, like. I like I don't I don't know where I stand on that because it's like are you being judged just on like are you being judged on how technically well you execute your floor show but obviously you are I suppose and like having a prop that didn't work like you can't really help that if like you have tried it and you've worked like I I felt a bit sorry for them I didn't overall I like, didn't love the look I kind of actually felt like that Laza Valletta has quite a huge personality and probably like may, maybe could have done some like I think they could have done something and maybe used their their body and their like face a bit more um but at the same time i just didn't think they deserved to be in the bottom i thought it was kind of unfair from what we saw it looked really good i, I loved how the tongue was spat out and then there was also irony that she was coming for formaldehyde for wearing a mask and then basically covered her face for the challenge i did enjoy that yes that as a as a, as a kind of a little <laughs> a, a nugget a truth bomb nugget i was like okay yeah <laughs> 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 um, but no, I I was very like I um I I thought that as well. Like the the thing looked kind of messy, and I I like there was no real shape to it. Like it just looked like sort of a like a a load of bits of paper all squeezed together and whatever. So I was yeah wasn't wasn't mad impressed, but didn't think that they deserved to be mm. in the bottom two. Yeah, I mean, like I know she said it, it was based on the pale man. I think this Mexican. Mexican mythology, but to me it just looked like a big maggot man monster. So I was like, okay, I'm spooked. That you know that works for me. But yeah, ultimately Les Avaletta ends up in the uh, extermination with formaldehyde, and Astrid Aurelia takes takes her first win. Um, so they they rejig up a previous challenge, which is to be buried alive. Now in this one, I saw through it, and I was like, no, nothing was put on top of them. They they weren't buried alive. They were just put into the coffin and i'm not even convinced it was drilled in because we never actually saw them drill it in. it was full on like i'm sleb get me out of here the buried live challenge and i'm gonna be honest with you yeah. those slebs and i'm like the i'm sleb guys get a much worse time yeah where where is jenny bond singing to the rats you know iconic i'm a sleb exactly no so i i was very much like my inter my sort of impression of this is because like the whole thing and also like obviously the whole setup of this episode was about kind of like ghostly witches masks that possess the people who are wearing them and then they go off and they you know kind of look for their first victim mm. and then the two of these emerge from their 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 buried alive thing and have to run away from them and eventually we find out the poor old um uh formaldehyde gets gets murdered but yeah in the actual like i actually felt that in the coffin challenge bit formaldehyde was more together and less like spooked yeah. and i was like is that what Me you're too. judging it on like what? What? What is this? Because the, they this? they did say we, we'll judge your extermination with your stage show and decide who goes home. They did say that prior to the extermination. So I was like, all right. So Formalia's going home regardless because she did clearly the worst. Yeah, which I mean is fair enough well. in a way. You know, like you want the better people, and it is. It, it was based on those two being in the bottom. I think it was fairer. That's uh that she did go home, but yes. What do you think of the new way of that they kill, like the new end sequence where it's, is, is it going to be the, to the song every episode and it's like, who did we kill, who did we kill? Oh, you know, I kind of preferred in season three, the sort of tableaus of, of kind of seeing, I don't know, 
just the, the eliminated queen to just stumble around and then get killed. I prefer that. I, I want them to stick with that because I just think that like maybe in this episode because they were setting up the... Isn't it... In each season, the Boulay brothers are portrayed as being different types of... Like, so in the last season, they were vampires. So this season, obviously, they're witches. Um, so like maybe they were setting up this kind of like witchy possession thing and maybe that'll be a thing going through but I don't want to hear like you know we do not need a Boulay Brothers music career you know RuPaul has that market covered that's it that's enough <laughs> and also I do feel it's like the Boulay Brothers are so eager to distance themselves from Drag Race and it's like but if you're going to do all the tacky things that Ru- RuPaul does then are you any better if you're going to try to force your music down our throat are you really any better like fine you probably respect trans people more but that's probably it you don't frack the planet out yes, of existence exactly. <laughs> but yeah so I don't know but see but I'm incredibly excited uh, as we record this the next episode is live now so I might actually go watch it afterwards Um, but yeah I'm excited for the season to be My, back I will be I will be tucking into episode two after work tonight definitely mm. Yeah, definitely. I, I, as it stands, I have more faith in the Dragula producers than I do in any of the Drag Race producers based on how things have been going recently. So I'm excited for it to be back and to be chatting about it for the first time. Yeah, me too. Very excited and delighted to have it here and sharing it exclusively with our gorgeous subscribers on Headstuff Plus. Our little kitty girls. Hey, kitty girl. Uh, thank you for listening we'll be back with you on Thursday for the next episode of Drag Race UK where I might flip a table if it doesn't go the way I want it to go Uh, so stay tuned for that Uh, until then we'll see you back in the workroom next Wednesday chat to you then bye